Thank you for checking out this episode of Raised on the Radio from the CEP Network. If you like what you hear, do us a favor and hit that subscribe button and give us that five-star rating. And while you're at it, give us a like and a share on the socials and tell all your friends about the variety that you get right here on the CEP Network. The CEP Network now has a promo code for one of the best nutrition and supplement companies in the business for you, the listener, to use. Just go to truenutrition.com, look at all their great products, place your order, and when you go to make your payment, type in CEPN in the promo code box for 5% off of your entire order. It's that easy. We are excited to be able to promote such a great company and happy that our listeners get to benefit from it as well. In this episode, Patrick and I chat about the TV show Kingdom and why Patrick hates it so much. We break down the Stipe versus DC fight from UFC 252 and the good and the bad when it comes to running up the score on a losing team in professional sports. If you would like to get a hold of Patrick Blair or myself, you can reach out on the social medias. You can reach us on the Cerebral Entertainment Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter pages. And if you have any topics you would like to hear us cover about music, sports, or pop culture, email us at cerebral at thecepodcast.com. Now, let's get into the episode. Well, hello, everybody. Thank you for checking out yet another edition of Raised on the Radio. I am Colt Brocato, and Patrick Blair, it is good to see your face. It's been over a week, I believe, and that's the you first... You missed me or what? Well, this that's like the first time that I haven't at least seen your face through Skype in over a week in like the last 25 weeks or so. Yeah. Cause like you missed me, though, is what you're saying. Some, I mean, something like that, I guess. You dreaming about me and all that good stuff? I don't. It hasn't gone that far yet, but any more time. Tonight might have been... I'll ask the, your wife. Tonight might have been you. the night. Do <laughs> 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 you think I would tell her? Or do you think I would, she would just heard I mean, me mumbling your name in the middle of the yeah, night? Yeah, I was going to say, if you're saying my name out loud, <laughs> you're waking her up. Yeah, she's going to know. Um, can I just say something real quick? Uh, sure. Your shirt pisses me off. You're welcome. I did this on purpose. I know you did. That shirt makes me so angry. You know why I'm wearing this shirt? Tell me. Because of the first season and a half of the show. It was it was good. I finally finished it. I, I figured I could get you to finish it. I but, but I had to take my time. So for but, those listening, we're talking about the show Kingdom. Yes. Um, which for those of you who don't know, it is in... MMA based show and I don't want to spend too much time on kingdom because there's real MMA to talk about but <laughs> it's an MMA based show and uh, you and I have mentioned a few, like a few times on the last few podcasts but and I even brought it up to you you hadn't even seen it um, but the gym that all of the fighters and that star in the show belong to is called Navy Street and you are wearing a Navy Street shirt and it's 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 I'm Blood red, angry red. I'm just like so mad at that shirt. But okay, you have to give me a reason why though. It's not just because you didn't like how the show, like the last season of the show was. Is it because yeah. is it because it resembles a show, a TV show? No, it's because it resembles a horrible gym for a horrible show with a bunch of horrible <laughs> shitty people. That's why. <laughs> You're representing the worst people. You realize on, you realize on, on you, fictitious earth. You realize you got me into this show, right? I know it's my fault. You know what's funny? So <laughs> this past weekend, my buddy, uh, who is a former MMA fighter, now a trainer, who you met, yeah, whom you met. Uh -huh. um, I went to his house for his wife's birthday uh, this past weekend, and uh, 
he and the, so they're, I'm with him and there are two or three other guys who are, I think two of which are still fighting now. And one of which is a former fighter. So we're all sitting there, we're having beers and we're chilling. And I, I go, Oh my God, this is the perfect time to bring this up. I go, guys, please tell me you've seen the show kingdom. And they're all like, yeah, yeah, we've seen it. And I go, please tell me what you feel. And I got mixed reactions. So they're all like, well, you know, I liked it. It was a good show, but, and I go, but what? But this and that, and I go, you don't feel disrespected as a, uh, an MMA fighter at all of the behavior in this show? And they go, well, I'm like, come on, guys. Like, <laughs> I know we're all sitting here drinking beers, and some of you are taking shots, and we're being irresponsible, but come on. There was no discipline in that show from anyone, from anyone, not just the fighters, um, from anyone on the show. That didn't bother you? And they go... Well, I guess when you sit, when you put it like that, yeah, I could see why that. And I'm like, well, I don't know. I'm just a a lover of MMA. I'm a true like I'm. A, I consider myself to be you know an enthusiast and a, and a real fan. And it just bothered me, you know, and because I know people like you who do fight or did fight and fought on these smaller organizations or smaller promotions and did it for no money, but you still were disciplined, you know. Like my buddy, I remember being around him at house parties when we were, you know mid-20s punks and he wasn't drinking he wasn't drinking water he was in the middle of a weight cut he was still hanging out and you know he had the discipline you know what i mean and like in this show there just was no discipline and again i don't want to get too much into the show maybe we save that for the next episode and i'll give you like my true breakdown of the show but i just hated every character on the show there's no endearing the most endearing character on that show can i tell you the the three people Okay. You told you you've already told me your number one. Who? Ma Mac was his name, right? Mac. Yes. 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 Okay. He plays. Uh, I mean, he was a fighter, but he plays a low-level fighter who is a nurse who gets everyone drugs. He's the most endearing character on the show, so that that should tell you something as to how many fuck ups are on the show. Um, him, uh, Nate. Yeah. And then Keith, I don't know, the psychotic guy who ends up in jail for killing people. He's the guy. So, again, that should tell you something. But anyway, your, your shirt angers me. I'm just going to take a sip of this beverage to calm myself down. Modelo? You like Is that what that show, was? Though. Modelo? Modelo is special. Nice. Uh, I liked the show for what it was. There was some something weird went on with that show, like I've never seen, with like character development. Like I've horrible seen horrible character development. Like I've seen I've seen shows where you may have a season and then something happens between two seasons and somebody has to quit the show or whatever and they replace that person with somebody else. That angers me to no end, but I've seen it and I've gotten through it. This show, you get from one season to another and you may see people that are like extremely involved in the show that you've never seen before. Never seen them before. And I'm like... Never it, seen them and, before. And I think they bring people into the show with an idea of what they're going to do with their character. And then like halfway through it, they just bail on it. And that person either leaves or something. I, I don't know. It's, it's weird. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. And, and look, man, I, I love I love TV. I love 
film and mo- film or movies, however you want to, whatever you want to call it. But I get, I often get annoyed when I see someone tweet like, "The show just had poor character development, and it wasn't like well, it wasn't a well written story." And and I I see something like that, and I go, "Well, have you ever made a film? Have you ever tried to sit down and write a screenplay? Right? It's not that easy." But watching this show, you know, I've taken one film class in my life, and I I was like, I was sinking back for real, and I, I this this sounds douchey, and I don't care. I was thinking back to all of the things my professor said about what you should not do when writing a screenplay, right? Because I had to write my own screenplay in this class. It was probably terrible. I don't even remember anything about it, really. I know there was like a lot of murder and darkness and just terrible shit, but because that was easy. Right. Because that's what was going on in my head at the time. (laughs) Um, But I remember just watching the show and thinking like, God, I would... I would picture my professor's face. Now remember his face because he was a really weird dude in general. So he's always going to have like a place in my memory as a weird guy, and he just was kind of creepy. And uh, I just remember him like all of the things I saw on that show with the character development and the the poor story writing and like not finishing a story and all of this stuff. Like everything he would say about that one. Are we going to sit down and we're going to write a screenplay, right? Here's what to do and what not to do. All of the not to do's happened in that show, which is really sad because so many good actors in that show. That's what I don't. The know. guy that plays Jay, yeah, one of the most incredible actors out there. I mean, right. the guy's a fucking stud actor. Um, yeah, I mean, I that's what blows my mind the most about Jonathan it. Tucker it's, is his name for those listening. That's what blows my mind about the major. I mean, mostly blows my mind about it is that for the things that we pick out in the show and you have that many big actors in the show that are really good actors and actresses, it's, it's so It's weird to me to see the kind of things that we've seen that we picked out that you wouldn't, I mean, I don't know how much for one, I don't know what the money was like. It may money may have trumped everything. Didn't matter, but yeah, still you would have thought they would have had a hand in the pro uh, more of a hand in the process in those kinds of things. Yeah, I, I mean, well, you never know, man. I mean, you got to think it's a lower level show. Who knows what the agenda is? Who knows behind? Who knows who's making what decisions? To me, to me, it was a showcase for Frank Grillo. That's how I feel about the show. Yeah. Now, look, I could be completely wrong about that, but the way it ends and the way it's written in the last season, it's all about him. It's all about him. It's all about his redemption. It's all about you finding a way to sort of like this guy who has no redeeming qualities whatsoever. None. Zilch. None. It's not a good dude. He's not a good guy. You know what's funny to me? And we got to end it on this because I want to talk about UFC <laughs> 252. Um, yeah, go ahead. But you know what's funny to me is he sleeps with his ex-wife. When she comes back, she's a fucking crackhead, right? Mm-hmm. she comes back and she actually says, yes, I want to get the divorce, right? So, and at the time, he's with the gym manager, right? And they have this long relationship. So this is before she gets pregnant. This is before they split up. So they're together. And when she gets back into his life, he meets her for dinner and they end up having sex, right? He feel, there's, there's 30 seconds of regret from him in the show and you don't hear about it for a season and a half. <laughs> And then in season three, finally, 
halfway through the season, he's making late night phone calls to her because he's got a drinking problem and he's sitting at home by himself and he wants to talk to her. But you don't hear about that for nearly the entire rest of the fucking uh, show. And I'm like, well, why did we write that in there if it didn't if it if there was no ending point to that part of the story? Right. It's just it to me it was a, just another thing adding to his one of many fuck ups by him, making you hate him more. And then the last season was all about his redemption. Right. Right. Um, I don't know, man. I was. I mean, look, I've, I've watched it. I finished it. Clearly, I have opinions, but what can you do? Right. Yeah. The, Go the, check out Kingdom. It's still on Netflix, people. Tell us what you think. So before, I have no idea. I have no idea. Before we do move on, I do want to say the one thing that angered me more than anything that we're talking about is when they're fight when anybody's fighting in the cage, the crowd noise that they put into the show from the smallest little thing, like a kick, and like the whole crowd goes nuts that it was like a kick that didn't even look like a real kick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that angered me. Yeah, a lot of... And we don't have to get into it, but a lot of the MMA in general was just... It was suspect to me, but what, it, whatever. It, start, it started out pretty decent. And they had some pretty good fighters in the show, but you also have, a, you have fighters who are trying to sell it as well and sell it at a lower pace and a... You know, what they're doing is not intentional. Kind of no stuff. one gets no one gets front kicked in the stomach and flies 15 feet. <laughs> it just doesn't happen. You don't see it. You've never seen it. You're not going to see it. It happened multiple times on this show, but whatever. All right. So anyway, so let's let's stick with let's get into real fighting. Let's talk. Yeah, let's stick with fighting, but let's go to real fighting. Your boy and I if if I wasn't on my phone right now watching you, I would play the video that you sent me. <laughs> after steep a one i woke up to that video that was the first thing that i seen and i took it out to my buddy dustin which you know because we were we were floating yeah and getting ready to hit the river no On sorry no that, that, no that would have been sunday right because fights are saturday night yeah anyways we were waking up we woke up we were cleaning cleaning out up and getting ready to leave the campsite and as soon as i got up i seen that video and i took it out and i didn't know what the results of the fight were yet I took my phone over to Dustin. I was like, hey, uh, I want you to watch something real quick. And he watched it, and I was like, I'm assuming Stipe won. <laughs> yeah, I think I just said Cleveland and a lot of fucking fucks and bitches and suck it and whatever. Were you hammered? Well, yeah, well, yeah, so I went to that birthday party and was hanging out with all those guys. Oh, so it was that uh, night? Me and my wife and my son went, and so we did a, a little bit of drinking there, and they had the fights on, so we watched, like, a few fights on the prelim, and then it fucking poured for, like, uh, 30 minutes straight, and we were kind of like, Jesus, I think we're going to have to stay here, because it was all the way out, and uh, it was, like, 35 minutes away. Wow. Um, and so when it stopped raining, I went to my wife and go, hey, do you want to make a run for it and see if we can beat the rain home, or she's like, yeah, let's get out of here, so... We left. I got home, uh, bought the fights, kept drinking, obviously, and heavier because I was at home now. <laughs> uh, I was feeling good. I was feeling good, man. Um, dude, I'm I'm happy, man. I'm so wait, but well, I was happy then. I'm not happy now after the reactions from people, and we can get into this. But yeah, I'm happy. You know, Stipe 
beats DC for the second time. I think he did it in convincing fashion. I don't think it was a close fight at all. Um, and uh, I think he proved that he's the best heavyweight, not only right now, but of all time. And I think it's going to take a long time for anyone to even come close to him. Um, you know, you and I have discussed multiple times on this show that I think he's overlooked. I think he's disrespected for some reason. You know, his name is not mentioned. I think people do it in passing. You know, you have guys like Joe Rogan who will say it, but they don't really mean it. They feel like they're out. He like, I feel like when Joe Rogan says, yeah, well, you know, Stipe is one of the best. He's got the best resume. Like he feels obligated to say it like that. Right. But I don't feel like he really means it. I feel like he's still jerking off Kane um, <laughs> and still jerking off Fedor. Like I, I really do. And this is no, you know, I, I love Joe Rogan, but, um, but I feel like he walked away from that fight with the clear winner. There's no, you know, one judge had it uh, three rounds to two. I don't know where he saw that. DC, did, did you watch the fight? Uh, yeah, I have not had a chance. No. I'll be curious to see what you think, but I don't, I don't know where someone would have seen that DC won two rounds. Now I've watched, I've, I've listened to a couple uh, people, analysts, M- former MMA fighters that I like to follow. I've listened to their take on it. And a lot of them say that he won round four, which I find bizarre. I find it bizarre. Um, they say he won round one and won round four. Now, round one, I can see because he rocked Stipe at the end of the round. He didn't knock him down. I mean, he he hurt him. I mean, but Stipe recovered quickly. Stipe, dude, Stipe's jaw is out of this fucking world. <laughs> that that knockout that DC had on the in the first fight, I don't know where that came from. I mean, that that's that's like a one in a million shot to the chin. Um, that happened. You know what I mean? Like, his chin is out of this fucking world, man. Um. But people said he won DC one round four, and I was kind of like, well, I don't really. So I rewatched it, and I don't know how they see that. I, I really don't. Um, but after the fight, you know, there was controversy. Of course, any fight that Stipe's in, they can't just say he's the winner unless he knocks somebody out. Uh, he did eye poke him in the third round. This after being eye poked in the first round, and also being eye poked in the second fight that he had to have surgery on, and he was out a year because of the surgery. So no one wants to talk about that. You know, that DCI <laughs> poked him in the second fight, had to get surgery on it. Um, DC is not going to have to have surgery, by the way. Just throwing that out there. Um, but people are using the eye poke as an excuse for DC. Um, but what really bothers me the most is that the narrative that I've seen, and this is just from what I've watched. I don't know if it's widespread, but it, it feels like it is. The narrative that I've seen is that DC lost the fight and Stipe didn't win the fight. And it's driving me insane. Josh Thompson, you know, he has the podcast with John McCarthy. Mm -hmm. Josh Thompson, when talking about Stipe winning the fight, said, yeah, Stipe fought a good fight. He fought his fight. He had a good game plan. And DC's no slouch. That's what he said. DC's no slouch. What does that even mean? I don't know. Because six weeks ago, he was saying DC is one of the best fighters of all time. Now he's no slouch. So, like, 
you know, they fought a good fight, but the iPoke and this and that. And he, he, but what he, what he was trying to say was, is that DC couldn't pull the trigger and then the iPoke happened and that was it. Yeah. I mean, okay. There's no one's talking about the fact that Stipe knocked him down in the second round. And if there was 20 more seconds in that second round, he would have finished him. No one's talking about that. Right. There's a big difference between like what you just said. There's a big difference between saying Stipe won or saying DC lost. When you say when you say DC lost, it sounds like you're saying that DC beat himself. Like yes. like the only reason he lost to Stipe was because he beat he like you said didn't pull the trigger or some you know he some something that he did did not go his way. Yeah, and to me and to me that's saying that you still think that DC's better. And it's driving me nuts. It's driving me nuts. <laughs> Look, I know I'm biased because I am. A, I'm a big fan of Stipe. He's probably my favorite fighter. And but that that drives me crazy. Even Chael Sonnen uh, put out a video today talking about, well, DC cut weight for this fight. So how much impact did that have on his performance? He didn't cut weight before, so he cut weight. He cut down to 236 apparently. And Chael Sonnen's wondering, well, why did he do that? What was what was the game plan behind that? And did that have some sort of impact on his performance? You know, um, because DC did say that in the second fight he got tired, right? So I guess he wanted to come in lighter, and coming in lighter would have helped his. Endure- I have no idea, but well, I mean, it doesn't really it doesn't really make sense. I mean, common sense wise, you would think that coming in lighter, depending on how the cut went, if he had a good cut and got down to the way he wanted to get down to common sense would say, well, your performance is going to be better because you're lighter. You'll be able to move faster, better agility, all those kinds of things. Yeah. So I don't, I don't understand it. Like I said, unless it was a bad cut, how could, is that what Chell Sonnen is saying that him losing weight might've affected him in a negative way? Yeah. So yeah, me- meaning really what, per- how? Well, that's the thing. He did, he he couldn't really explain it. He just didn't understand why he had to cut weight, why oh, okay. he had to rehydrate before the fight, which ultimately he did. Um, he didn't really understand why DC needed to do that. But he also said before the fight that if DC weighs north of two forty, he's in trouble. So I think he needs to be around that two thirty six mark to be at his best. Um. I, I don't know, man. I, I just so much of the emphasis has been taken off of Stipe winning and put more on DC losing. And he is the reason that he lost, not Stipe. Um, and that's fine. I don't care. At the end of the day, the dude is the best of all time. And look, you have to arguably put it put put yourself in the position to say, He's one of the best of all time, period. Forget about heavyweights, right. period. Um, two-time champion. He's won six title fights. He's defended the belt four times. He's beat DC twice. He's one of only two people to beat DC. I mean, if you think about that, you know, and think about who DC has fought, Rumble Johnson, right? Alexander Gustafson. He beat Josh Barnett. He beat uh, Bigfoot Silva. You know, all of these guys that DC not only is beat, oh, DC beat Dan, uh, Dan Henderson. Like, but DC didn't just beat these guys, he beat the fuck out of them. Right. Like, DC's no fucking joke. Steve Bay's beat him twice. 
And then if you look at who Stipe's beating, he's beat Overeem. He's beat Junior Dos Santos. He's beat Fabricio Verdum in Brazil in a soccer stadium in front of 50,000 Brazilians. To me, that's just, it's wacko. It's nuts right. that he did that. Uh, you know, so, put so, an end to the Francis Ngannou hype. Like, something you know, that, this guy's done all of this shit. Something that DC, I don't remember if it was on Instagram or whatever, he, he on some social media, he made a post a couple of weeks ago that basically said that, basic, I don't remember the exact time frame he said, but he basically said, like, basically for the past three years, I've been training for the same guy. That's pretty nuts to yeah, think about. That because means it's, that guy you're fighting is really good. <laughs> yeah. Think about that. Right. And, you know and I mean? all three like of those fights training. were title fights. That's nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, Stipe's been doing the same thing. Yeah. Right. You know, uh, he hasn't trained for anyone else. You know, um, I, uh, I just, I hate how the narrative gets spun this way. And I, you know, I get it, man. DC's, he's a, he's a company guy because of his commentating. And he, you know, he's a good guy. He's a fun guy. He's like fun to listen to when you watch the fights. I get it. Everyone loves him. Uh, outside, outside of the octagon seems like a really good dude, family guy, you know, coaches his son's wrestling team, like all these things, like high school wrestling coach, like, just seems like the all-American dude. So I get why people come to his defense in a, in a sort of heartfelt sort of like, ah, oh, we feel bad that he lost way. But can we fucking talk about Stipe being the all-American <laughs> fucking guy too? Right. The guy is a fucking firefighter when right. he's not fighting. And not just like, oh, I'm going to go to the station once every month. No, no, no. He's a full-time firefighter. Right. You know? Um. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It, any drinks? He's sponsored by Modelo. That's why I'm drinking it. <laughs> so I knew we were going to talk. About so before we started talking, we were going over our topics on what we. This was, of course, the, one, the biggest topic we were going to talk about. But I threw John Jones' name into the equation and told you that I think I'm glad you did. I, I'm curious about you know he just vacated the lightweight title. So you said you think this Light all is. What did I say? I'm not lightweight. Sorry, lightweight. light heavyweight. Sorry. Um, so you said you think every you think it's all tied together. So explain to me how you think everything's tied together. Okay, I will. So John claims that a fight between he and Stipe was offered to the both of them, but Stipe turned it down because he wasn't cleared by the doctors to fight. Okay, this occurred. I want to say halfway between the last fight with DC and now. So the halfway point. Okay. People thought that Stipe might be ready, but he wasn't. Okay. okay. Mm -hmm. He wasn't clear because he, he had the eye surgery. Um, and this is known according to John. So. But Stipe has not said anything about this that you know um, of? I don't think he's publicly come out on social media and really talked about it. No. Okay. I think maybe his trainer did in some weird interview, but yeah. So. And then after that, the talks of Francis Ngannou and John Jones came up, right? And to me, I think those were just talks. I think what the UFC wants is to him to for him to fight the heavyweight champion, not the number one contender, the heavyweight champion, 
I think that's what they want, regardless of what they say. I think that's what they want. And John Jones claimed that, oh, well, they're not going to give me enough money. I want Deontay Wilder money. I want this and that. They're not going to pay me to fight this guy. Now, look, John Jones and Francis Ngannou is a marketable fight. No doubt. However, John Jones versus whoever the champion is, is far more marketable. It is. It just is. There's a belt on the line. Right. And when when we were talking about this five months ago, whatever it was, there was a second belt on the line. There's that two belt thing that people still hold, like have value or put value on. So there was a second belt on the line. Well, now, like you said, John Joe John Jones has vacated his light heavyweight title. But I think there's a reason. And here's here's the reason. I think all along he was going to fight for the heavyweight title. But I think the UFC knows that even if DC had won, DC was going to take a significant amount of time off. And the light heavyweight division could not be inactive at the top for that long. And okay. they know their current champion, Stipe, who won, is going to have to take a significant amount of time off because that's what he does. So again, the light heavyweight championship, the belt cannot remain that inactive for that long. So because of that, I think they said, hey, John, we're going to give you that heavyweight fight, but we're going to need you to say that you voluntarily give up this light heavyweight belt. Forget about what Dominic Reyes says. Forget about all the speculation. We're going to need you to do that because we know that our heavyweight champ or our number one contender, which, by the way, is still going to be D.C., still going to be D.C. Francis is not going to leapfrog him. I know he's retired. I know he's retired, but if DC said tomorrow I'm coming back, I want one more fight, he's number one in the heavyweight rankings. So, because, but listen, because of that whole narrative with Francis, he's linked to all three guys, right? Yeah. So we can spin a fight. We can do it. But the title fight means more. So we're going to go ahead and ask you to vacate that belt, and you're going to have to wait until Stipe's ready. Or if DC had won, you're going to have to wait until DC is ready. And we can't have you hold the bell for that long. I think that's what was said to him. I think that's what's going to happen. I know people say Francis is the number one contender. He should get the next shot. He's earned it. Stipe's already beat him. John Jones and Stipe is the fight to make, period. You're talking about GOAT status there. You're talking about, dude, if Stipe beats John Jones... Do you know what that does to the fucking pound for pound rankings and just the MMA world in general? Right. Do you know what that does? That's insane to think about. So I guess, and I don't know what the dollar signs are, like what that amounts to, because we know John wants to, he wants the money to fight. So I have to imagine if if what you're the scenario you're painting is right, they had to have offered him and guaranteed him something spectacular to vacate the light heavyweight title. But what blows my mind is that Stipe and DC just fought. So like you said, both of those guys are going to have to take a significant amount of time off. So we're talking probably eight months to a year, wouldn't you say, at least? Well, look, both guys have been known to take that much time off in the past. Right. But they don't necessarily need to. Stipe is going to be medically cleared to fight. Right. So he could he could have a fight in December. Okay. With Francis or John Jones. Now, I don't think he should, and I don't think he wants to. I think it serves him better to take 
that extended amount of time off, I he, clearly it helps him. You know, I think he, if there's anyone in the UFC that benefits from taking long periods of time off in between fights, it's that fucking guy. Um, well, I'm just thinking that John Jones is now at the mercy of however long the whoever he fights takes. Perfect. You know, interim belt. He and Francis fight for the interim belt. Stipe says, I don't want to fight until 2021. Boom. So that December fight is now John Jones and Francis for an interim belt. It's headlining a pay-per-view. It's for a belt. Done. Hmm. They've done it before. The I mean, UFC it, yeah, has I mean, done it, it it's not a ba- It's not a bad idea. And it, th- it gets Nganu in the picture there. The only problem is, what if Nganu lands and knocks John Jones' head off, and now you get Nganu and Stipe? Fine, great. Now there's even more hype to it. Nganu just beat the greatest of all time, and now he's coming for Stipe. Imagine the promos for that shit. Now listen, if Nganu wants to fucking beat John Jones, he can't run towards him with his chin up like he did Rosenstreich. He can't. Right. As much as people want to say it's so amazing that he's, I think his last four victories, uh, the fights were a combined two minutes and 50 seconds or whatever because they were all first-round victories. Look, people can say what they want. His last fight against Rosenstreich, there was no technique. There was nothing involved in that. He went he was went at him with his chin in the air, throwing fucking haymakers, and he landed first, period. There's nothing to that. Now, the fans love that shit. Right. Right? That's fucking fan-pleasing. That's, that's rock'em, sock'em, robots. That's movie shit. Sure. But if he fights a guy as disciplined as John Jones, that shit's not going to fucking work. Stipe already proved that that shit doesn't fucking work. Right. And surprisingly... Thankfully, Stipe still has a fucking face and head. Stipe stood there and traded shots with them for the first <laughs> two minutes of round one of their fight and somehow made it out alive. I don't even know how. <laughs> so, like, when he fights a disciplined fighter and a, and a, a technical fighter, that shit's not going to fucking work. Um, and I think that's kind of why the fight against Derek Lewis with, you know, with Francis Ngannou was such a bummer because Derek Lewis... All things considered, it's kind of fights the same way, but he can be a technical fighter. He can take you down. He can ground and pound. Uh, he can wrestle. He can box with you. He didn't do any of that. They both couldn't pull the trigger. It was a boring fight. Um, you know, for Francis, it's just worked so far. If you get caught with one of those, you get caught and you're fucked. Stipe's right. the only one so far who has been able to eat one of those shots. I don't know how. Well, not even only one, a couple. I don't know how, but he has. Um, So you could do John Jones and Francis for an interim belt. You know, I don't think it's a big deal. Haven't they already set the fight for the light heavyweight title? Yeah, it's going to be Reyes Reyes and and, uh, Blakovitz. Yeah, that's it. Which is a good fight. I'm excited for that. I think that's a great fight. You know, um, those clearly are the two top, the top two guys. Um, and I think, uh, who knows? We might see John Jones go back to light heavyweight if Reyes wins the belt, just to prove a point. You know, 
I mean, all of these close I, I mean, I, mean I, I, I could see that that would be a loophole, right? Say Reyes, say Reyes won. So like if, if your scenario plays out the way you think it's going to, John Jones vacated the light heavyweight title because it can't sit there for that long if he's waiting for a heavyweight or heavyweight shot, title shot. Right. So the loophole could would be if Reyes would win the title and whoever in the heavyweight uh, frame that he's looking at to face has a significant amount of time off, could John Jones come back down and beat Reyes and have the light heavyweight title to come back to heavyweight to face whoever? So instead of John Jones and Ganu, we have Reyes winning the title and then John Jones going back down to light heavyweight, beating Reyes. Now he's holding the title when he goes back for a heavyweight title fight. I mean, that's probably a long timeline. I'm just saying there's there's a loophole there on how he could he could still have a potential at holding both titles at the same time. Yeah, and he might want to go back because Reyes is talking all this shit about how John doesn't want to fight him again. You know, which I whatever. I mean, you would expect him to do that. You know, it was a close fight. Right. Some people think Reyes won, but um, yeah, I don't know, man. Um, at the end of the day, Stipe has the belt. He's the greatest of all time. If he loses his next fight to John Jones or to Francis, he's still the greatest heavyweight of all time. I don't think you can take that away from him now. But look, if he fights John Jones, we're talking legend status. We're talking greatest of all time status. You know, that's a huge fight. I don't think anyone's even mentioned that yet. If if he were to beat John Jones, where does that put him in the list of all time? You know, I think because they're heavyweights and because there haven't there hasn't been, you know, he's the first guy to defend it three times, now four. There hasn't been this long, like sort of long reigning heavyweight champion that people sort of dismiss them as the greatest of all time because they lose. Yeah, you're right. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, as far as Stipe goes, you, you, ha- you have to put him in the, the, I mean, I know with you would be the under, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I guess like under acknowledged greatest of all time, something like that. Yeah. I think he's underappreciated and I think he's overlooked and I think it has a lot to do with just marketing. And I, I think it just, he doesn't, he doesn't play the, the, the trash talk game. He's just a, a humble blue collar dude. And unfortunately in today's UFC, that just doesn't, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't garner the attention. I think the sad thing is this. I think once he's retired, I think people are going to look back and go, Oh yeah, Stipe is one of the greatest of all time. You know, I think it, it, I think after the fact, people will do that. Um, but for some reason, right now, I don't know. He just Joe Rogan said it too. Where he was like, "Yeah, on his way to the title, he was beating guys who were sort of out of their primes and weren't the best guys. You know, like he beat Andre Arlovsky and Mark Hunt and all these guys to sort of on in route to the title. It's like, but two fights before Stipe fought him, Mark Hunt was fighting Junior Dos Santos for the interim title. So right. what does that mean? You know? Right. Andre Arlovsky, before he fought Travis Brown, or before he fought Stipe, if he beat Stipe, he's getting a title shot because he was on like a four-fight winning streak. 
Is he had just beaten Travis Brown in one of the most chaotic fights of all time? Like, so like I get it because of on paper, those guys are that, but if you think about where they were then and who they had beaten and like, I, it doesn't make sense to me when he, you know, when he beat Junior Dos Santos to defend his title three fights ago, he lost to Junior, you know, in a five round battle that I thought he won, but you know, it was a fucking war. Right. It's like, I don't know. I, I just don't, I don't, the heavyweight division is different because these guys is different because these guys get older and it doesn't necessarily mean as much as a guy who gets older in the welterweight division, right? It doesn't mean as much. Look at the champion. He's about to turn 38. In fact, I think he turned 38 on Monday. I think he said that. Look at DC, the guy he fought. He's 41 years old or whatever. Um, you know, when Stipe beat Verdum, Verdum was 38. So I don't think it necessarily matters. And um, when we're going back to this greatest of all time thing, again, guys like Joe Rogan and Brendan Schaub, they jerk off Kane. I want to remind them and everyone else that Fabricio Verdum beat Kane. Handedly, by the way. Wasn't a fight. Beat the shit out of him. Beat the shit out of him, then submitted him. And then Stipe beat Verdum. So if we're talking about MMA math, or if we're talking about who's better and who's beat who, Stipe's better. I just want to point that out because Kane's a guy they like to throw out there. Um, well, so something that we've talked about in the past, like there's probably a lot more casual MMA fans than there are actual invested MMA fans. And, Unless you're a Connor type who does the mouthing and who sticks in your brain as that's that fighter, or and or unless you have very exciting fights. So, so the reason why I'm saying this is because you said you look back and look on paper, you're gonna look at Stipe and be like, yeah, I mean he is one of the greatest of all time for sure. But as far as maybe ten years down the road, is Stipe gonna be a household name? Is Stipe a household name now, and he's the title holder. You know what I mean? So, like, people don't people look over that kind of stuff if you're not putting on really exciting fights and you're not a trash talker or something like that that you know makes people remember you. Yeah, I mean, I think he's a household name with the MMA community. Um, outside of that, with the ESPN community, I, maybe not. I mean, but, but I don't think who is. Right. You know, who is Connor, Khabib, Nate Diaz, and John Jones. That's probably it. And probably even Khabib is partially because of Connor. Yeah, 100% because of Connor. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Khabib doesn't sell 2 million pay per views without Connor. I mean, right. it just doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, and people, I've heard predictions that he'll do it again. If he fights someone else, you know, he didn't against Dustin. So why would he do it again now? You know? Yeah. It's just the way it is. Yeah. I mean, there aren't that many household names anyway. It's a growing sport. It really is. Unfortunately for Stipe, he's the type of dude that happened. His reign happened during the Connor era. And just all of his accomplishments were just completely overlooked by guys who were 
moving numbers. They were they were selling shit. Um, and Stipe doesn't necessarily do that, you know. Uh, not his fault, necess- you know. I, again, it, it's partly his fault because that's just the way he is. He's, he is who he is. He's not gonna he's not gonna change who he is. He's a blue collar, hardworking, humble dude from meager from a meager background who became a UFC heavyweight champion. Um, and he's remained that way as the champion. Yeah, he has Modelo as a sponsor and he's doing silly little ads for fire, fire department coffee and all this shit. But like, he's not doing Wheaties boxes. He's not doing Gatorade commercials. He's not doing movies. He's not, you know, it's just, right. he is who he is. Um, I still think there's a ton of markability, markability behind that, that I don't think the UFC has capitalized on. But I think, I don't know if they necessarily want to put in the effort on that because I think there's a ton of markability behind Amanda Nunes, and there just right. hasn't been the buzz around her. That's what I was going to say. For whatever reason, yeah, it' insane to me. But for whatever reason, there hasn't been. Um, Demetrius Johnson, the same way. Um, I just think there, there there wasn't the right the right sort of push behind them, but the fight to make is Steve Bay and John Jones. Period. Right. I know people say Francis is next. I get it, and I agree. If we're looking at the rankings, which right now the rankings mean nothing, if you look at all of the people who have fought for titles recently, Cody Garbrandt is about to fight for the flyweight title. He's won one fight in his past four fights. Right. Um, Jose Aldo fought for the bantamweight title. He had lost two fights in a row. You know, uh, Yoel Romero fought for the middleweight title, lost two fights in a row. So, like, would it be that crazy if John Jones leapfrogged Francis and fought for the heavyweight title? Fuck no. Everyone says he's the GOAT. Give him the title shot. Like, I, yeah, Francis is going to be pissed, but he's not going anywhere, you know? Um, I heard an interesting theory today about how, so what you would do with the the top title contenders is you have Derek Lewis fight Curtis Blades and you have Rosen, no, was that it? I can't remember. No, no, no. So you have, fuck, I forgot. So I want to say it was Curtis Blades. No, yeah. So this is what you do. You have Curtis Blades fight Rosenstrike who just won over, he knocked out Junior Dos Santos. And then you have Derek Lewis fight the winner of Alistair Overeem and uh, Augusto Sakai. So you have like a little four-man tournament right there. Yeah. Okay? For the next guy in line behind Francis. And if all of this nonsense goes on with John Jones getting the title shot and Francis has to wait... Then you have Francis fight the winner of that little four-man tournament. And then that person gets the next shot. Right? All those guys think they deserve a title shot. It Maybe not. It's, it's crazy. It's great. Maybe it's just me and it shouldn't be crazy, but it's crazy to me that Overeem is in that picture. Always. He's always one fight away. It's so crazy. But that next fight he loses. Um, since he fought Stipe for the title, he's been technically speaking one fight away 
one went away from, all right, he's the next guy in line, and he loses that fight. Um, so here he is again. He beats Augusto Sakai, who, by the way, is undefeated. Um, younger guy. He's right there. So you have him fight the winner. If you wanted to do it, you have Curtis Blades fight Rosenstreich. The, those two, the winners of those two fights fight each other. They get, or if it doesn't play out where John Jones is in the mix at all, uh, you have Francis fight Stipe, and then the winner of those four guys fights for the title against Francis or Stipe. Or you have John Jones wait and then fight for the title after Francis and Stipe fight. Because there's still a story there either way. Yeah, but how many you know? more fights does Stipe have in him? None. He should have retired before this last one. <laughs> None. But the dude keeps, dude, he keeps doing it. He keeps fighting and taking shots and moving forward. I don't know how he does it, man. <laughs> I think it has a lot to do with the fact that he takes these long periods of time off and his chin gets refreshed. And I, I just think he's he's another type of human being, man. I, I, I really don't know. He, he should, all things considered, if you think about the fights that he's been in and the amount of damage he's taken, he should retire. Three fights now with DC, the first of which he gets knocked out cold, the second of which he gets hit a ton in four rounds, and then a fifth, a third fight where he goes five rounds. He doesn't get hit as much as the first two fights, but still. Um, a five-round war with Ngano where the first round he got hit with nuclear missiles that knock out every other person on Earth, every other heavyweight on Earth, right? A five-round battle with Junior Dos Santos where... This is JDS at his prime. Takes heavy, heavy shots in that fight. Takes heavy shots from Mark Hunt in that fight. Um, gets fucking knocked on his ass by Overeem in his first title defense. Nearly gets finished. Walks right into a left hand. Dink. I thought he was out. When he, he got hit, he fucking laid back like he was out. And he, his butt hit the ground and he woke up. And somehow he survived. Um, think about all of that. Yeah, it's probably time to retire, but... He's going to keep fighting until I think if he loses again, he'll retire. That's my, I thought it honestly, if he would have lost on Saturday, I honestly think he would have said, yeah, it's, I think I'm good. I think it's time for me to go. But yeah. does he want to go out on a losing? In that, a losing that, that, that have been two in a row. I don't know if I'd want to go out on that. What do you mean? It would have been two in a row. No, sorry. I never mind. I had I had how the how the title changing hands backwards on how it happened. Never mind. My bad. It's confusing. I get it. Shut up. <laughs> so, okay, so last little topic to jump into before we cut it off. You had something beforehand about I what's the guy's name? Junior baseball player. Give me his oh. name again. Fernando Tatis Jr. Yes. Tell me the story again, because I had a couple of questions I want to ask. Okay. So uh, he is a rising star in Major League Baseball. He's 21 years old. He is the son of former Major League Baseball player Fernando Tatis, okay. who played for the St. Louis Cardinals, um, the only player to hit two grand slams in the same inning. Um, it was a heavy-hitting dude. I really liked him. He was the sort of... 
uh, early 2000s, mid 2000s era Cardinals. He's an exciting player to watch. His son, however, is better and is going to be a fucking star. Um, so last week in the game, his son was, uh, he plays for the San Diego, San Diego Padres. They were in a game with the Texas Rangers. They were already up 10 to three. He had already hit one home run. He was at bat with the bases loaded and a full count and a three Oh count. And he swung on three Oh and hit his second home run in the run of the game. Grand slam. They go up 14 to three. Now this is in the eighth inning. So, uh, the Texas Rangers took exception to this. They didn't really like it that much because it's one of those unwritten rules in baseball that you don't swing at a 3-0 pitch um, after the sixth inning in a, when you have a lead. That's the unwritten rule, by the way, if you didn't know that. So after the sixth inning, if you are you have a lead, you don't swing, and you're up more than three runs, I think, you don't swing at a 3-0 pitch. Right. He did. Okay. He did, and he crushed it. And um, so the, the Texas Rangers didn't like this too much. So the next batter up, they threw behind them. The umps get involved. This sort of so it was this big stink, and people have been bitching about it ever since. Some people like it, some people hate it. Now, I like it because he didn't do a bad flip. He just wanted to fucking <laughs> look, man. I don't like bad flips, and I don't like this kind of like pussy way of like flaunting shit because i think i think that's still a rule of baseball that you don't break but dude if you want to win and you want to keep playing hard all nine innings until the last out i'm all for that and to me that's what he was doing period this is this is why this whole scenario bugs me you are at the pinnacle of where you can be in the sport that you're playing yep just because you have three runs and the other team has 10 don't let them score anymore. That's yeah. that's your job. I understand you're saying it's an unwritten rule of baseball or whatever to not swing at a 3-0 pitch, but still, it, I, I don't know. I guess it's like running up the score or whatever is what you would consider it, but it's just, it's ridiculous. You're in the major leagues. I don't care if you're losing yeah. by 100. So what? You're in the major yeah. leagues. Don't cry about it and get upset. Just do better. <laughs> well, look, I, 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 I put it to you like this. I don't believe in consolation prizes. And to right. me, him not swinging at that pitch, that's giving the other team a break. Right. And it's sort of giving them a chance. Well, no one here is losers. You know, we're not losers until that final bell or that final whistle or that final strike call. Fuck that, man. But at the same time, if you do swing at that, and you are playing a team that plays hard-nosed baseball. Expect the next batter to get thrown behind. Or expect the next time you come up to the plate to get a little chin music. And that is an unwritten rule of baseball. And that does happen. And guess what? I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Period. Period. Look. What I can tell you is this. Wait, hang on. You're, you're saying you don't think there's anything wrong with the other team... That's losing, getting mad, and throwing behind and all that stuff? No. I don't think so at all. No. Why? That's just like, that's like Little you League. You silently it, do it, though. You silently do it. You don't make a little fucking bitch fit about it. That's it. You just do it. The problem is, is this era of baseball and the umpires and the fans and the media are so soft 
That's what the Rangers did. Dude, the dude, the, the relief pitcher that threw at the next batter, and I'm sorry I don't know the names. I'm not up on my Texas Rangers and San Diego Padres players, but he threw behind him. He didn't throw at him. He threw behind him. And he did what every pitcher does. They know what to do. He looks down at his fingers like, oh, shit, something was on my <laughs> fingers. Like, oh, it slipped. Right. This has been going on for 200 years or 150 years, however, however, however long it's been. Right. The Rangers did that. No big deal. Here's what hurt them. When Tatis hit the home run, the Rangers manager got up on the top step of the dugout and was like, oh, what the fuck? This is some bullshit. I thought there were consolation prizes in baseball. And then he told his guy to throw behind the next guy. Had he just stayed down, sat back like I am right now with one leg up in the air, put in the sign down here real low where nobody could see it, hey, throw behind this next fucker. Fine. But he was a little bitch about it. And the umpires saw it and they knew it. So the umpires had to react to his bitchdom. Whatever you call that. So the whole whirlwind of fucking stupid pussy-ass era of baseball had to come into play, right? Um, and then the media had to get involved and blame this guy for playing hard. How is it not playing hard if you swing at a 3-0 pitch? Right. Look, 30 years ago, 30 to 45 years ago, a guy would have swung at a 3-0 pitch. The next time he comes up to the plate, he gets hit in the leg, and you know what he does his next at bat? He hits a fucking double. <laughs> And then he stretches it to a triple just because he's playing hard. Right. Right. And he doesn't even talk about it to the media. He doesn't even mention the fact that he got hit by a pitch. That's what baseball was. Baseball today is we have to protect everybody's feelings. We have to do all of this stuff. Right. I don't see anything wrong with the, what the Rangers did. The problem is, is the manager made it to be too much of a big deal. In this game, they were playing in Texas. Texas was the, was the home team. If you watch it back and you listen to the broadcast, the Texas commentators or announcers go apeshit. Not in a bad way. They go, God, this guy's amazing. That's his 11th home run of the year. He just passed Mike Trout. He is one of the best players in baseball. We can't believe what he's doing. Like, they were excited for him, right? Everyone should share in that excitement down here. The Rangers should have just done that. Like, good for you, fucker. But guess what? Next time you come up, we're throwing behind you, or your next guy's getting one behind him, right? It's just the way baseball works. Yeah, it's like it's not like you weren't already down ten to three. Whether he, he so 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 let me ask this. So it's the eighth inning. The Padres are up seven runs, so they're supposed to stop playing hard. Is that what I'm being told? That's what we're teaching kids now. By the way. Right. There's no winners. No, we don't even keep score in baseball anymore until they get to fucking high school. So that's where we're teaching kids. Now, the score doesn't matter. No, fuck that. You play hard all nine innings. Doesn't matter how how much you're. Why does it matter how many runs you're down? It doesn't matter. Why does it matter how many runs you're up? Doesn't matter. Do you think Fernando Tatis gives a fuck about the Texas Rangers' feelings? He's a 21-year-old baseball player who's raking right now. He's trying to get a good fucking contract right. and set he and his family up for life. So if he's going to swing at a 3-0 pitch and take the home run lead from Mike Trout for at least one day, he's going to fucking do it. I would. Why wouldn't you? Right. The best part is the day after this happens, the Padres are up four runs in the sixth inning, I want to say. And he steals third with nobody, with two outs and nobody else on base. 
I love it. I love it. Love that guy. He's my new favorite player. It's my new favorite player. I literally did not know who he was until you explained him, and he's shame on you. He's a gangster, man. Dude, you gotta love that though. I mean, to say that he's showing up the other team or he's not playing hard, like what? Showing the other team up? Fuck that, man. That took some effort. You know what I mean? Like, right? He's twenty-one years old too. This isn't A Rod. This isn't Barry Bonds. This is a twenty-one-year-old kid at the height of his career right now. I mean, he's all of the buzz right now. Not to mention he's playing for a terrible team like the Padres. So <laughs> I would do it anyway. Um, I think the Padres are in first place, but that won't last. But terrible, um, terrible, right? Apparently. That won't last. Trust me. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just think it's funny. I, I don't know. Like the unwritten rules and all of that shit. Yeah, there are unwritten rules and you can follow them. But, you know, I think Texas sort of also played a part of the unwritten rule. Whereas, all right, if you do that, we're going to throw behind you. But we can't throw behind people anymore. We can't hit people anymore. There can't be bench clearing anything anymore. The, the, there can't there can't be any of this confrontation anymore. You know, we're we're we got to avoid that. The re, the reason why I don't like this scenario is because it's like that's their temper tantrum. Throwing throwing the ball behind the back is their temper tantrum because they're losing so bad. Well, it's not because you're losing so bad. I guess in a small way it is, but I don't think it's because you're losing so bad. I think it's you, you look, man, baseball is a skill game. And I think there's a lot of mental, there's a lot of mental aspects to the game that people don't consider. Okay. Now, when you're good, when you're really good, when you're at a Mike Trout level or an Albert Pujols level, when Pujols was the best player in baseball, those mind games don't necessarily matter to you, but believe me, they know about them. Right. Okay. So, and by those mind games, what I'm talking about is when you have a relief pitcher who's just thrown behind the batter in front of you, if you're the next batter up, you're thinking about that. Right. Okay. Yeah. You're thinking about it. And if you've ever played baseball, you know, one of the hardest things to fucking do is get up there and hit the ball against a guy who has total control of his pitches he throws hard. He throws nasty off-speed shit. He's locked in. It's hard to do, man. Not everyone can do it. Um, so I think there's a lot of the mental aspect of the game that comes into that. Yeah, it looks like a bitch fit and a temper tantrum. But again, if they had just silently done that and the manager didn't go out on the top step and, and sort of cause this sort of thing, I think it would have been different. You know, right. I think if the team hadn't reacted. But again, you see teams react to shit. I just think... The media now and these announcers and like everything like that, they kind of they oversell shit and they kind of react poorly to things on their own end. So it just it makes it bigger than what it is. I I don't have a problem with anything that happened. I don't have a problem with him swinging a three zero. I don't have a problem with the Rangers throwing behind the next guy. I really don't. Send the message. What? If, but look, if you throw behind the next guy, right? Okay. And then the next inning, you score six runs. Now you're only down three, right? 
what are the Padres now thinking? Like, Jesus Christ, this really got out of hand quickly. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying throwing behind the guy necessarily has anything to do with it, but everyone's thinking about it. I don't care what anyone says. That's really difficult to block out. I get Dude, it. We did that in Little League. We did that in Little League. I was a pitcher. I got the sign to throw high and tight on somebody when it probably wasn't necessary. You know what I mean? Like you just, it, it's a part of baseball, but people don't want that to be a part of baseball anymore. And that's, what's annoying. And that's why guys like Fernando Tatis Jr. Can't play as hard. And I'm using air quotes there as they want to sad. It's sad, dude. It's sad. You saw <laughs> kind of, I won't get into it too much, but I don't even know if you know what I'm talking about, but in the NBA bubble, Damian Lillard for the Portland Trailblazers, Trailblazers caught a bunch of shit because he was playing too hard in these bubble games because he wanted, ultimately he wanted his team to make the playoffs. They were right there in the eighth seed and he was a fucking savage. He didn't give a fuck what anybody thought he played hard. And some people were like, like, come on, dude, calm down. It's just the bubble games. Like, bitch, I'm trying to make the playoffs. I'm playing as hard as I can. Right. You know, Mm -hmm. it's the same thing. He hurt your feelings. So what? He's trying to make the playoffs, man. He's trying to get a fucking contract. Like the dude, this is his job. Why are you not playing hard at your job? Right. You know? That's why you're making the money. I would love to be a professional baseball player. Love it. That's what I wanted to be when I was a kid. You know? Pete Rose was one of my favorite players growing up. And I didn't even really get to see him play. I just heard all the stories from my grandpa. Right. You know? Um, and just the, the, the legend of Pete Rose, I was just like, oh, God, I want to be like that guy. I always heard that he slid head first in third base, always, even when it was unnecessary, even when there wasn't a throw. <laughs> when I played baseball, if I was approaching third base, I slid head first because I heard those stories, always. Never, never did I slide feet first. It was always head first. You know, um, I don't know what we're doing, man. I'm so happy there's sports, but uh, it just feels, God, it just feels weird. It just feels tainted in a way. And this just doesn't help. Like, let the fucking guys play. It's better enough there are no fans there. Now we're fucking crucifying a guy for hitting a, th- a home run on 3-0 in game 26 or whatever we're at. I don't even know where we are. 22. What's the Indians record? 13. and I don't know. Anyway, I, I, I don't know. But I don't know. Let these fuckers play, man. That's all I got. I, that's, I guess that's my whole point of that. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, well, but so what was your other question about that? Was that really it? Yeah, that's all I had. You really don't remember Fernando Tatis from the St. Louis Cardinals? I don't. I don't even think I heard that name. If I do, I forgot. How long ago was it? Um, I want to say the game that he hit the two grand slams in was in 2001, maybe? I think. Um, I mean, I guess I could look it up. I'm surprised. I mean, well, I mean, you're not the biggest Cardinals fan, though, right? I mean, they're my my MLB team for sure. But what is it? I said they're my MLB team for sure, but I'm not like a avid watcher. Okay, might have been 2000. Here, hang on. Damn it. This came off Chan Ho Park at Dodger Stadium in 1999. I was close. 21 years ago. 
1999. I think they lost to the Mets that year in the you're, playoffs. You're insane. Why? <laughs> That's just crazy. You're one of those people that had that can is able to recall stats like that from sorry dude. way back when. Yeah, I think it was the Mets. Yeah. Anyway. Well, on that note, are you ready to get out of here? Sure. I think you took up an hour with just talking about Stipe. Well, I'm going to drink some more Modellos for Stipe. There you go. That's what I do. Cheers to Stipe. Cheers. Brout. <laughs>